Sophie? What are you doing here? Daddy, what are you doing here? <laughs> All right, you ready to get started? Yeah. Let's do this. And welcome to the first episode of season two of What the What with Sophie. I am Sophie. And I am Steven. And today we have a very special treat. We're going to be talking about animals and wildlife conservation. We have an interview to play that Sophie had with a wildlife conservationist, which is coming up in just a few minutes. But first we wanted to start with just a little conversation about animals with Sophie. So, Sophie. First of all, I want to say, I am the show. I do the, all the explaining. It's got my name in it. I do all the stuff. Who edits the show and posts the show? Me! <laughs> <laughs> Sophie, why did you want to do an episode on animals? Because I really like animals, and I like helping animals, and I think they're so adorable. What is your favorite animal? Or animals? I know it's hard to pick one. All of them. All of them? Yes. Seriously? I mean, I have like a little, fa- two little favorites, but I love all of them. Dolphin and cheetahs. I really like those, but I, only, I like all the animals. I know one other animal that you like. What? The blobfish. Oh, yeah. Everything's are so disgusting. Yeah, they're like supposed to be the ugliest animal in the world, but Sophie but thinks one of the ugliest. One of the ugliest animals in the world, but Sophie thinks they're super cute. Yeah. They just be chubby little cheeks and they're, they look always so sad. That's because everybody thinks they're ugly. But in the water, I watched a YouTube video, they're super graceful. Yeah, I bet they are. Yeah, they look really awesome in the water. Why don't you tell everybody the names of the animals that we have living in our house? We have Aqua, Lanny, Callie, Eve, and Nutty. You do all the animals in the genders. Okay, so we have two dogs, Lenny, who's a boy, and Callie, who's a girl. And we have two cats, Eva and Nadia, and they are both girls. And we have one butterfly beta fish. Named Aqua. And he's a male. And he's a male. Now, what are some animals that we see outside in our yard or when we walk around the neighborhood? We have two bluebirds living in a birdhouse and they had the little babies and the baby's going to fly away soon because they have a bunch of adult feathers. They still have little fuzzies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we put a birdhouse up and the next day... Two bluebirds moved in, and a week later, we saw some eggs in there, and then two weeks after that, they hatched, and there's a bunch of little babies in there. Yeah, um, and we also have um, cardinals who come by, and, like, house red... Finches. Yeah, but we have, like, house finches with, ha- like, have their red neck. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty cool. Yeah, they're pretty cool, and they make a lot of noise. Why do you think it's important to help animals? 
because you know animals um help nature and animals are really awesome i really like animals and you know a lot of animals are endangered and they need help like pandas are really endangered because people keep cutting down um like the forest where they live okay so we are going to play the interview that we did a little over a week ago with Natalie Lynn Lichtenberg. And um, she is a conservationist, and she shared some of her experiences with us. And um, just a little background on her. She has um, degrees in molecular pathology and a master's in conservation leadership and zoology. She is the chairman of the Hoffman Estate Sustainability Committee the Chief Executive Officer for the Illinois Monarch Project Communication Engagement Committee, and the Scientific Director for the Schomburg Pollinator Initiative. And she talks about some of this in her interview. Um, she volunteers at a lot of places, the Spring Valley Nature Center and Sand Bluff Bird Banding Station in Rockton, Illinois. And she also travels all over the world teaching people about wildlife conservation. And she leads um, environmental expeditions in places like Mexico and Kenya. She also does some uh, wildlife documentary filmmaking. So she had a lot of experience and information to share with us. And we found her through a program called Skype a Scientist. And that program matches scientists with classrooms and families and uh, people who are interested in having a conversation with scientists. And so without further ado... Here is Sophie's interview with Natalie Lynn Lichtenberg. So thank you very much, first of all, for agreeing to come on and be interviewed by, by Sophie. We're very grateful for that. Yes, it's fun. I'm excited. <laughs> okay, Sophie, you want to ask your first question? Yeah. What is a wildlife conservationist? Well, a wildlife conservationist, very uh, generically speaking, is anyone that is working on preserving life on Earth, whether it's plants, animals, ecosystems, environments, etc. Someone that is willing to promote, educate, be an activist for, do the work for doing whatever they can to help save animal lives. Wow, that's pretty cool. Some of those were big words and I didn't understand them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a seven and a half year old. <laughs> well, this is why we do things like this so that we can learn more about oh. the subject. Okay. Do you want to ask your second question? Okay. Why did you get involved in wildlife conservation? Since I was your age, I remember um, when I was a little girl, I was sitting outside all the time. I'm an only child. So I was by myself a lot because my parents were always working. So I would be sitting outside by myself. I would be coloring in my um, coloring books. Usually they would be with animals in them. So my favorite one that I remember was a bird coloring book. Long story short, I went to school for many, many years. And recently I heard about a master's degree program through my local zoo. So I live in the Chicago area and our local zoo is called the Brookfield Zoo. Through this uh, Brookfield Zoo and the Miami University, which is actually in Ohio, they have a master's degree program called Conservation Leadership. So a lot of it is for people who want to educate the public or children or other adults about conservation. 
it was actually what I was already self-studying. So I thought, well, why not apply? I can get a degree while I'm self-studying. So except I had to have deadlines. So that was really hard, but I really, really enjoyed it. And we had lots of field trips to different places. I went to water plants. I went to state parks. You know, I met different people. And it was just, I even got to travel to Australia as part of my program because I wanted us to go to different places to see and experience different things. As part of this program, I had to, you know, when you're doing a master's degree, you have like a project or thesis that you have to work on. So my thesis was to have my own organic cotton clothing line. So they sent me to Australia because there is a lot of um, plants that are grown there and those plants are fertilized or they use uh, things to kill bugs on, on the plants. And all of those chemicals go into the water system. So this was a way I was going to study how to be organic, which means without chemicals. So I got to swim in the Great Barrier Reef with all the fish and sharks and all kinds of really cool things, even clownfish. <laughs> Wow. I actually have a pet fish. It's a betta fish, and I named him Aqua. Because he's I a- love betta fish. They're very pretty. Yeah. He's a <laughs> butterfly betta, and I named him oh. Aqua because he's blue. Oh, that's pretty. <laughs> and uh, that actually sounds a lot like you at your age. Sophie's very interested in animals. She recently got a um, a bird guide, like a field guide. Yeah. Um, because we like to sit outside on our back porch and watch the birds. Because my mom got a lot of bird stuff. <laughs> and you know, there's, at there's actually um, an app for birds called BirdNet that you can actually record the sound of the bird and then it analyzes it for you and it tells you what bird it is. Whoa. So I've been using that a lot to ID the, the birds in my backyard while I'm stuck at home. Wow, that's cool. I'll have to at, check that out. At night, um we sometimes um we have toads that come out. Um we name them Gary and Mary. And then we have this house gecko that comes out and we named him Mango. <laughs> that's cool. I don't have any of that by me. I have maybe um I think we have bullfrogs. Okay. So we have a lot of bullfrogs, but I haven't seen a whole lot of other frogs. So we we live in um South Georgia. Okay. So we're kind of in a swamp area. So we have oh, a that's cool. We have a wildlife management uh property that's a, a few miles away and we go and sometimes we see alligators there and we've seen great blue heron and egrets and lots of cool things. And we there. heard an owl in the daytime. <laughs> <laughs> if someone is interested in helping animals, how can they get involved? Well, I always say, follow, follow, follow your heart, follow your passion. So it doesn't matter your age. If you're like five or 95, the easiest thing to do is to learn as much as you can. Like I, I'm constantly reading because I want to be as educated as I am. And that way you can help educate others. So especially you with being so young, people love to listen to children and to learn from children. And actually, it's been proven that children are the most influential teachers in the world. So I'm very jealous of your youth because you have a lot of um, a lot of ability to 
teach people and to help educate people about animals and wildlife. So whether it's on social media, through a blog, through a podcast, just get the word out there. You can also get physically involved and gain as much experience as you can locally. So I volunteer at a couple different local places near me. I work with butterflies. So uh, soon we will be collecting eggs and then raising them and releasing them. We usually have a release program where children can come, name the butterflies, and then they release them. So that's on hold for now, but we're still raising them at home and we'll still be counting them that way. All the butterflies that we release get counted because we want to keep a tally of what we're doing. Um, I've also volunteered at a local farm feeding the farm animals. And then I've um, gone to a bird banding station um, kind of close to my house. It's a little bit far, but they actually um, gently capture the birds and then they put an armband on their, on their leg and then they do some measurements on them. And then they, um, you know, they keep tally of all the birds that come through so they can tell who's migrating through the area. I'm sure there's things locally near you that, you know, or near anybody listening, they can go and volunteer and just gain some experience, have some fun and meet some people. Wow. We should definitely do some research on that. Yeah. I I was going to say something, but I forgot what it was. It happens to all of us, Sophie. Well, I do have one thing I remember. My cousins, they went to, oh wait, I do remember. Well, my cousins, they went to like um, a museum, I think. What? No, not a museum, like a zoo, I think. Um, And they, like, they got like a little stick and they would put um, bird seed on it and hold it out and they had like a little like thing of birds and then the birds would go on it so like you could get really close to a bird oh that's neat. and then the other thing I was gonna say is that um we drove all the way to Texas I uh, we went to a zoo and I got to feed a giraffe oh wow what did you feed it um I, I think I fed it some leaves oh and I know I they think, eat leaves. They love leaves. Yeah, they love leaves. And they they eat leaves that have these like spikes on them, but they have special tongues so that they can eat the spiky leaves without getting hurt. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Question number four. What is your favorite animal and why? Okay, so this was a really hard question. So, because I love all animals. I even love bugs. So, um... I love dolphins. Like, I love, love dolphins. I love hummingbirds. I love sharks. I love elephants. Oh, I I can't, I cannot pick. So I do love the lemurs in Madagascar and I do love insects. So like I said, I'm working with the monarch butterflies locally, but I do like, I even love cicadas and I think it's cool. They have five eyes and they're especially cute when they're like newborns because they're like, they look all fuzzy and cute. So, um, yeah, and also insects are very important for the world's, um, the whole world environment, and they're actually, their populations are declining, so I really do like insects, and I might be talking more about them (laughs) publicly, so we'll see. I can't choose my favorite animal either. I love all of them. Koala bears are cute. Koala bears. Polar bears. You like dolphins. She was really interested in the uh, the Amazon, the pink pink river dolphin. Yeah, I, and I love blobfish, but everybody thinks they're disgusting. I'm the only one who thinks they're cute. Yeah, she likes blobfish. 
Oh. <laughs> they, well, really they need somebody to help them, so. Yeah, there you go. That Maybe that can be what you do. You can help blobfish. Yay. Maybe I can put some makeup on them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> what is your most memorable experience working with animals? Okay, well, this was also a very, very hard question to answer. So I will tell you about a few things. Last November, I dove with sharks um, off of the uh, Bahama Islands. So it was sharks, including lemon sharks, reef sharks, and even tiger sharks. I'll never forget the moment when I first went down in that water. And you're going down the rope, and you look around, and there's all these sharks just, like, swimming around you. And they're, like, looking at you. They're like, who is that? So... (laughs) And it's not like they were threatening. They were just, like, curious. Like, what is this thing coming down this rope? <laughs> so it was actually quite relaxing while it was also very exciting. So it was a pe- very peaceful experience. Um, so there was also a time when I went to the David Sheldrick Wildlife Trust, which is in um, Kenya, in Nairobi. We had a private tour with Capture Africa Tours and their nursery And they let us go amongst all the baby elephants. So there was about, I'm going to say about 30 baby elephants. And they let you just like walk into the middle of all of them. And you could stand amongst them and just enjoy their presence. So, you know, it pretty much takes your breath away. So I recommend that experience to anybody because it's life changing. So, and then lastly, I've had so many wonderful experiences uh, recently with whale sharks, which is a shark, but it's it's so huge. It's like the size of a school bus. So one time, one was coming when I was in the water, one was swimming right towards me and they're actually pretty fast and they have really, really big mouths. Their mouths are about eight feet wide and it's open because they suck in water as they swim. That's how they feed. So this big whale shark was coming, swimming towards me with its open mouth, and I could not get out of the way in time. So I just kind of held my breath and kind of lifted my body. You know, I'm floating on top of the water, so I kind of tried to lift up while it went right under me. And yeah, it's because I didn't want to hurt it. So, you know, that dorsal fin and everything, it was just very nerve-wracking, but uh, exciting, and I did not want to do that again. Wow. I never want to get that close to any wildlife. It was just uh, <laughs> one time we were at the beach and there was a jellyfish on the seashore. It wasn't alive, but there was a jellyfish. And if hey. you went like, all the way down, there were a bunch of jellyfish on the seashore. But I didn't see that. My Grammy told me that. But I saw the one jellyfish there. Yeah, they and one time, one time they were at the beach again, and there was a baby shark in the water. So we all had to get out of the water, but then we got to go back in. I didn't see it because I didn't have good eyesight then. <laughs> <laughs> well, next time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Sophie, we have one last question. Yeah. How can our listeners follow and support your work all right well the easiest thing um is for you to put the links in the podcast because my last name is crazy on instagram i'm at natalie lynn underscore lichtenbert and then my facebook page yeah i'm just on facebook under natalie lynn lichtenbert 
And then I have my own website called www.natalielynn.net. And on there, I have some blogs. I have some films that I've made. I've had some of my photography. I have some even my eco lifestyle work, stuff like that. So there's a lot of good stuff on there. All right. Excellent. Well, Natalie, thank you so much for uh, joining us and for sharing some of your knowledge and experience with um, Sophie and our listeners. And we really appreciate Lammy. it. And Lammy, who nobody can see when they're listening to the podcast, but that's all right. <laughs> that's like Lammy is so cute. <laughs> <laughs> but we really appreciate it. This was, um, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to to start this podcast with Sophie is, you know, to kind of encourage her to um, explore things that she's interested in. And yeah. um, it's really great when you have someone that you can talk to who knows about the things that she's interested in. Um, because I think, first of all, it helps us learn more. It helps our listeners learn more. And I think it inspires Sophie to want to get more involved. And I think that's a really important. Oh, for sure. And it helps with interacting with people and just, you know, taking more of a leadership role. Exactly. And I want her to feel comfortable and confident doing things like this. So um, this was our first you know, interview that we've done. And so thank you so much. We, we really well, appreciate great it. Great job. The reason I'm opening my mouth a lot is because it's very tired. Well, from just being like closed all the time. It's just <laughs> your mouth. Is, your mouth is rarely closed. So fear. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Okay. Talk to you soon. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Sophie, what did you think of your interview with Natalie? I think it's pretty cool. She had some really surprising stuff like swimming over a whale shark. <laughs> yeah, she's had some pretty awesome experiences. Yeah. What's one thing that you learned from your interview with our guest? Well, wildlife conservation is not just animals. It's like plants and the earth and nature, not just animals. Yeah, so there's lots of different ways to get involved in conservation. And that's one thing we talked about in the interview as well. Did talking with Natalie get you excited or inspired to um, get involved with conservation? Yeah. <laughs> we want to thank Natalie Lynn Lichtenberg for taking the time to share some of her experience with us and some of her knowledge about wildlife conservation and for being patient with us, as you probably know, doing an interview with a seven-year-old. <laughs> not, not a quick, smooth thing, so we appreciate her being a good sport about that. And if you go to our Facebook page, you can search What the What with Sophie on Facebook or go to our website at sophiepodcast.com. We're going to put up some links to Natalie's projects so that you can check that out and support them if you'd like. And uh, we are very excited to continue with season two of What the What with Sophie. And we look forward to seeing you next time. I'm seven and a half. Very important. All right, bye everybody. See you next time. Bye. Mask on my. Ha ha ha!